In the United States, children born into upper-class families are able to board an elevator that speeds them to academic success. Children in middle-class families are put on a smoothly operating escalator to academic achievement. Meanwhile, children born into poverty or lower-class families often find themselves staring up at a steep staircase with broken steps and no handrails. This is how sociologist at Brown University, Prudence Carter, describes the current opportunity gap. My name is Alexandra Ehlers, and I will be answering the research question, what is the current achievement gap between children of lower and higher socioeconomic statuses upon kindergarten entry, and how has this gap changed from the 1970s until 2010? This podcast will explore the trends in the income achievement gap, present the most recent data on the gap, which is from 2010, discuss potential explanations for the gap, and finally, suggest policy implications. According to Sean Reardon, a professor of poverty and inequality in education at Sanford University, the gap between children of high and low socioeconomic status, or SES, has been increasing steadily since the 1970s. The gap widened by about 40% between children born in the 1970s and 1990s, and in 2001, the income achievement gap was 30-40% to wider than it was 25 years earlier. Interestingly, when looking at data from the 1990s to 2010, the SES achievement gap trends appear quite different. Reardon found that the academic readiness gap between low and high income students closed by 10% in math and 16% in reading between 1998 and 2010. The Economic Policy Institute cited that gaps in 1998 and 2010 remained virtually the same. Although the gap appears to be consistent or closing, Reardon states that at the current rate, it would take 60 to 110 years to completely close it. Moreover, although it may be narrowing, a significant gap does still exist. A study by the Center on Children and Families looked at school readiness as measured by early literacy in math, measures of behavior, and measures of health and concluded that in 2006, less than 50% of poor children in the U.S. entered kindergarten ready compared to 75% of children from moderate to higher income families. Adding to this, according to Greg Duncan, an economist, and Katherine Magnuson, low SES children are 1.3 standard deviations behind high SES children in kindergarten entry math skills, two-thirds of a standard deviation lower in teacher-reported attention skills, and one-fourth of a standard deviation worse in social skills. The Economic Policy Institute corroborated these findings, determining that in 2010, gaps between children in the highest and lowest quintiles of the SES distribution were over a standard deviation in both reading and math, and gaps in other skills like self-control and approaches to learning were roughly one-third and one-half, respectively. For context, one standard deviation equals about three to six years of learning. But why has this income achievement gap persisted? Those at the lower SES levels are at greater risk of traumatic and generational stress, as well as other medical issues that can affect their development, according to Charles Nelson, 
and Margaret Sheridan. Beyond these obstacles to schooling, children in lower classes don't have the same economic and social resources their wealthier classmates are afforded. Finally, in the case of the 2010 students studied in particular, they faced worsening conditions than those of prior cohorts. More than 84% of children in the lowest SES quintile lived in poverty in 2010, compared to 71.3% in 1998. Such economic hardships likely played a role in maintaining performance gaps. So what does this mean for policy and what can be done? According to the research, although it has narrowed, the gap between low and high SES children entering kindergarten has persisted. This suggests that although increased parental involvement, preschool enrollment, and adoption of comprehensive K-12 interventions may help some of the negative impacts of growing up in a low social class, they can only do so much. States should continue to offer public preschool, summer enrichment programs, and mental health and nutrition programs, as these may have prevented the kindergarten readiness gap from increasing as income inequality grew during the 2000s. But to really eliminate dis disadvantages from the beginning, we have to resolve severe economic inequality first. This involves investing in social reforms outside of education to support families in raising their children with equitable resources. In conclusion, while the opportunity gap paralleled rising inequality from the 1970s to the 1990s, this was not the case in 2000s, as the gaps in kindergarten readiness either remained consistent or slightly decreased. However, although such trends seem positive, the persisting gap is still significant, and the fact that increasing parental involvement and comprehensive school interventions in recent years have not closed the gap even further suggests that additional, compounding conditions of poverty severely hinder the early development of children. This is a complex, multifaceted issue that goes beyond providing educational supports. In order to combat the income achievement gap, the issue of poverty and economic inequality must be solved first, and more time and investment must be given to support and uplift those at the bottom. In order for education to live up to its promise of upward mobility, all children must be given the same elevator pass to academic success as this will give them access to better life outcomes overall. Thank you for listening. I also wanted to note that references are available on the D2L discussion board. Thank you.